0: what up everybody and welcome to another episode of the black expat podcast my name is carl and i'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode i'm very excited to be back here today joining you all Uh, it's been a very very long time since i've done a live broadcast but moreover um i am continuing on with the her story series of the black expat podcast um, I'm very excited to jump back into it. As you guys know, and if you have been following the podcast, um, we've had some amazing women from all over the world uh, join me on the show. I asked them a few questions about, you know, just what they've gone through, how they got into where they are. From someone being in Spain and starting her own business there, for people living and thriving in Taiwan, uh, to people in ooh in 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 Europe during the pandemic, um, and now uh, I've come full circle, guys. Come full circle back here to America, where I am beyond honored. Thankful uh, and appreciative to be joined today uh, by an amazing CEO of an amazing company, and I don't even want to—I don't even want to touch on what she does. I want to allow her uh, the space and the time to kind of go into everything that she's done. Um, so yeah, so today I have the esteemed honor uh, of interviewing uh of interviewing of interviewing lillian i'm just really really excited uh, for her to call in the show and once she calls into the show uh we will get her interview started and uh, we will get on our way so again welcome to the show everyone without further ado uh i'll just jump right into it lillian are you there
1: i am here hello how are you
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, If you don't mind, I'll just jump right into it. If you don't mind just giving us a little introduction as to who you are, where you're from, your background, history, and anything else that you would like us to know um, about who you are.
1: Absolutely. So hello, everybody. My name is Lillian Rapson. I'm calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I am the founder and CEO of Pack Up and Go. Uh, We are a travel agency that plans getaways around the United States. But the catch is that your destination is a surprise until the day you depart.
0: Where did the idea of Pack Up and Go come from for you? Like, where did it start? Um, Was it something that you had dreamed about your entire life? Or was it like you were out somewhere and having an experience that kind of led you to wanting to create this amazing company called Pack Up and Go?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I never considered working in the travel industry. I have always been super fortunate growing up um, in a family that, that valued travel and that was possible. And my parents really emphasized it for us growing up. And I've always loved to travel, but it truly never crossed my mind that that was something I could do professionally or, um, you know, could turn into a career. But it was always something that helped me clear my mind and. I love solo traveling and it always, I feel like I'm the best version of myself when I'm traveling, specifically when I'm traveling alone. <laughs> um, I had been living and working in New York after college uh, and I was working at a startup in sales and working with small businesses and I loved my job and I loved you know, being in a startup environment, but I just wasn't that passionate about what I was doing. So I quit that job to travel and I was backpacking and sort of hitchhiking my way um, up the baltic coast of europe from poland up to estonia and i was in riga latvia um, a place i knew literally nothing about but totally fell in love with and there were two women in my hostel who were there on a surprise vacation and it turns out that this already existed in europe but it was not in the u.s and And I couldn't believe it. And it sounds so cliche to say that it was a light bulb moment, but it really was. And, and you know, from there, it just sort of snowballed. And I realized, you know, I've been to Riga, Latvia, but I've never been to Boston, Massachusetts or Denver, Colorado. And And, you know, why is it that I'm, as an American, I'm so quick to travel overseas and it doesn't occur to me to travel domestically. So I emailed my parents and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to move home and start a surprise travel agency. uh, And here we are today.
0: Uh, If you don't mind, before we dive more into Pack Up and Go, what is the best surprise you've ever had?
1: Ooh, the best surprise I've ever had. That's a great question. Um, (laughs) Wow, you'd think I would have been asked this before, but I don't know if I have. Um, I think the best surprises for me are usually... I'd have to think about one specific example, but I think that um, it's probably any time I've traveled and something doesn't go as planned, and mm-hmm. I end up you know what? I have an example. I was in Greece a couple of summers ago. A friend was getting married there. And so another friend and I flew in a little bit early just to hang out and and explore. And we were staying in Athens and we had heard about this one Island that you could take as a go to as a day trip. And we heard all these amazing things. We were seeing it all over social media. We were so excited. And we got to the, uh, the ferry terminal and the tickets were sold out for the day. And, we were like, all right, that's that's a bummer. We could stay in Athens or why don't we ask the person at the terminal counter where she would go? And she might've been, you know, 18 years old. It was definitely a younger person. <laughs> and she said, you know, all of the Americans go to that island that's sold out. I would get the two Euro ferry and go to this other island. And we said, okay, why not? And it was one of the best days of my entire life. It was... It was completely unexpected. It, I think we were probably the only tourists there. And she said, when you get there, just rent bikes and, and ride around. And we just had this amazing day uh, just exploring this place that we knew nothing about. And, you know, that wasn't, I guess that wasn't somebody surprising me, but it was a place surprising me and a, a situation that I hadn't anticipated uh, that I that I think about all the time and really loved. How
0: much does your experience as a solo woman traveler How much did that affect the way in which you structure structured and continuing to structure the company of pack up and go. The reason why I asked is because I've interviewed a lot of different women who have talked about solo travel one way or, or another. And there's always two, two ends of the spectrum, right? There's those who, who love it, who feel safe and secure, who are very confident about it. And then there's those who are like, ah, I'm a little worried about traveling um, on, on my own as a woman. There's a lot of dangerous places I would love to visit, but I'm kind of on the fence about it. How did that, does your experience, because you said that you enjoy traveling on your own, like how did that impact the way in which you created and, for, and formulated the company that you have?
1: yeah it's a great question and one thing i'll say to that is that everybody's experience in their personal lives informs their level of comfort and safety when they travel so you know it wouldn't be fair for me to say to somebody who is a little bit more anxious or nervous about traveling solo don't be afraid it'll be fine i can't tell somebody to not be afraid if that's how they feel but i have only had positive experiences and one thing that I think is ironic about every time that I take a solo vacation is I, I always go on those trips because I want to be alone, right? Like I mm-hmm. I either have something on my mind or I'm trying to do some soul searching or I'm thinking, you know, I need I need this time and space away. And then by the end of the trip, I look back and I think, oh, I spent no time by myself because I love staying in hostels and and finding, you know, if I am staying in a hotel or an Airbnb, I always, the first day I'm in a city, join a a free group walking tour. And every single time I've taken a solo trip, I feel like I meet so many people and end up spending so much time with them uh, that I really, I really don't end up being alone very much. So in my experience, solo travel doesn't mean traveling alone. It means arriving in a destination by yourself and being open to meeting people and new experiences. Um, and oftentimes, making great friends along the way.
0: And that is actually a great point because there is a way to kind of structure your trip so that even though you're traveling alone, you're putting yourself in a situation or in situations where you can actually be around other people interact. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I've always been a huge advocate of is staying at hostels when you travel. Mm-hmm. This is pre-pandemic, of course, uh, because in a hostel, like it's pretty much set up in a way that you are kind of forced to interact with other people, mm-hmm. um, but in a relatively safe environment as well. So that's something I didn't really think about because oftentimes when I think of solo travel, it's I'm going were on my own because no one else wants to come with me um but what you just said was really powerful because it's more of i'm i want to get away and i want to be on my own and go and be in a different place which is why i'm choosing to travel on my own rather than traveling with a big group of people um
1: we have one traveler in particular sorry with paka bingo who's coming to mind and she loves traveling alone and and i love the way she describes it where she says self and I are best friends. We always have the best time together. We always agree on where to eat and if we want to take a nap or if we want to do more sightseeing. And she says, I'll never be disappointed if I'm traveling with myself. And I love that. I think that's mm. such a fun mindset because it's true. You know, When you travel with other people, you do have to, uh, to negotiate sometimes. So I think it's really freeing to travel alone.
0: So would you recommend people do or, or have a pack up and go experience by themselves or in a group?
1: It totally depends what you're looking for. Um, I think there are merits to both. We, we plan surprise vacations, and oftentimes we hear from couples who are taking a trip together, um, you know, who have children. They'll often say, the only time we've both been surprised is when we found out the sex of our baby. You know, this is so (laughs) fun for us to experience together. Um, And other people say, you know, we are a group of friends and we live across the country and, you know, the surprise is fun, but really what we need is just time together. So I think if there is somebody who you're looking to to spend time with on a trip, then this is an awesome way to reconnect. But if you are comfortable traveling alone, I I think it's a fun uh, sort of calculated risk you can take.
0: Awesome. So let's take a step back to the beginning, right? So you have the idea, you have the concept, and you're getting started. What was the process like for you just getting the company off the ground and running? Like, take us back to the very first few weeks of Pack Up and Go. What did it look like? How were you setting things up? Um, And what were some of the things that you encountered that you had to overcome in the startup process of Pack Up and Go?
1: Yeah, the first thing I did, I remember very clearly, was... Coming back to the states and googling how to become a travel agent. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there—I I had no idea how this worked. I didn't know any travel agents. I knew nothing about the travel industry whatsoever. Um, and and it's funny. I love the podcast "How I Built This." I'm a huge fan of Guy Raz and his interviews. And I always think they're skipping over a lot of stuff at the beginning, right? Like when you're starting a company. It's not clear how you become an LLC or how you buy a website domain. There's all of this little tedious stuff that you have to do and get out of the way before you can actually start working on your product or service. So I always like to remind people, it's not always fun. You don't just dive in. You do have to register your business and get your EIN and you know get set up legally. So after doing that, um, I was very fortunate. I I tricked not tricked, I convinced my best friend uh, to let me plan a vacation for her and her boyfriend. Um, it was their first anniversary. And, um, and I, I realized, you know, I've never worked in the travel industry. I have no idea. I know how to plan my own trips, but I don't know how that works for someone else. And so they were very kind to let me plan a surprise for them as my first test travelers. Um, and then I, I tricked my family into it as well. So I got to plan two trips um, for people who I knew were going to give me honest feedback. Um, and then I, I met a local one. I had just moved back to Pittsburgh. I'd never lived here as an adult. And I convinced a local brewery owner because I was working at a bar at night to, uh, to pay my rent. Um, I convinced a local brewery owner to let me plan a trip for him. And he was a solo traveler. And so I had a couple practice trips under my belt and I thought, all right, I, I can do this, you know. I've I've got this down. If these three trips went well, then uh, then we are good to go.
0: <laughs> over the course of being, you know, of, of having Pack and Go, about how many trips would you say that that you've planned over the past five to six years?
1: The company has now planned about fourteen thousand trips.
0: Wow! And you yourself, you've planned maybe two, <laughs> three thousand trips.
1: Yeah, for the first year and a half, it was just me planning trips. So um, I would say I've planned about 2,000, 2,500 of them. And and for a long time, I could tell you the names of every travelers, who their travel companion was, where they were from, where they were going. Um, and I felt a really close connection to those travelers. And, and I remember when I got to the point where I couldn't recall where somebody went on their trip, I was sad about it. Mm. Um, I, I always thought, when I was starting the company that pack up and go would stay small and sort of be a mom and pop business. Um, and it took off a lot faster than I thought it would. And so and I realized, okay, I have to adjust my expectations. And I, I still feel really emotionally connected to a lot of our trips, uh, which is maybe not advisable for somebody running a company the size, but, um, but I do love getting to know our travelers as much as I can.
0: From where you started with the company to now, um, how have your goals, visions, and even, the way, the way in which you operate, how has that changed or, or shifted over time?
1: It shifted a lot. So like I said, I thought it was going to be a very small, cute, fun business to run. Um, and in my first, my original business plan, I projected that we would plan 50 trips in the first year of business. Um, again, I had no experience and I also had no money, so I couldn't invest in marketing at all. And I knew I didn't want to get investors. I knew I wanted to bootstrap the business. So I built it on Squarespace um and and in the first year we did 550 trips so wow. i realized that this thing had legs and that it was taking off a lot faster than i thought it would and and for the first couple of years honestly it just felt like i was trying to play catch up constantly uh you know anytime i got ahead on planning trips something would go viral on Facebook and <laughs> back and forth, <laughs> which is obviously the most fortunate situation possible. But, but it was really chaotic and it felt a little bit like the destiny of the company was out of my hands. And then the pandemic struck um, and you know, that turned everything on its head. And, and that was really the first time in a long time where I felt like, okay, I'm holding the reins. I need this company to survive. You know, at that point, I was so emotionally invested in it. And and I also had a team. And once you realize that there are other people's lives and livelihoods and careers relying on this thing that you built, um, it really does take another form. Um, I'm an incredibly empathetic person, like maybe to a fault. Um, and so the idea of, of it failing... Um, even if it was, you know, because of circumstances out of my control was, was really hard. So Mm. I'm relieved and proud that we are, we are still here. We are definitely one of the lucky ones is what I've learned.
0: So entrepreneurship is hard. Um, I think we can all agree, agree with that. Everyone who's listening and myself included. Um, But even with podcasting, and I know you kind of alluded to this as well. um, We know when you started your own business, you couldn't pay for marketing and -hmm. things like that. So, I don't know if, if you already had a background in marketing, uh, but what what were some of the skills or things that you kind of had to learn how to do as a part of owning and building your own company and then with the expansion as well? So like, wh- what were some things that kind of stood out to you? Like, man, I don't know how to do this, but I kind of have to teach myself and I'm going to figure it out because I want my company to continue to be successful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely do not have a background in marketing. Uh, I have degrees in gender studies and French. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely not uh, marketing or travel. But one skill that I do have that I'm really proud of, um, I went to a high school for performing arts. And so mm-hmm. I feel really comfortable public speaking. And and I realized that that translated really nicely into talking to travelers and building partnerships. So that I felt really comfortable with. Um, and then it was sort of Everything else that I realized I needed to learn. Um, The the financial part of running a business was really overwhelming to me. Um, The accounting of it, uh, the legal side, and and learning to review contracts and negotiate. Um, That was really challenging. And and learning to become assertive and stand up for, for the company in a lot of situations, that was something that I hadn't really anticipated. But you know, early on, there were a few partnerships and contracts uh, that were breached. And I realized, oh, no, I need to, I need to stand up for myself. So uh, that was something that I had never really anticipated. A big thing for me also, that I am still working on this, I don't think anybody has fully mastered. But um, I started the company when I was 23 years old. And so Mm -hmm. I really had no experience as a manager. And, Mm -hmm. um, and when I started hiring people, I thought things were so obvious and you know, I, I, I realized really quickly that people couldn't read my mind. Um, and so that was a challenge. But, but I do think that learning to manage people and delegate effectively and communicate goals um, is something I'm still working on, especially as the team continues to grow. Um, so I would say confidence with the business side of things, the financials and legal aspect and, um, and growing as a manager are probably the skills that I'm I'm still working on developing.
0: And I can definitely relate. And I'm, I'm so glad that you said all the things that you just said. I know because I became a director when I was 21 years old and managing people who are in their 60s. And what it taught me, you know, out, and I made a bunch of mistakes. I always say that I messed up a lot the first two years of management. Um, but what it, what it taught me at a very young age is that I can literally do anything. If I can thrive and if I can make it through what I made it through at that point in time, then the sky is the limit. I can learn new things. I can adjust. I can adapt. And I think what this shows is that, you know, no matter what your background is or what you studied or whatever if you're passionate about something you can definitely make your dreams come true uh, it's just all about the follow-through and being and being flexible and being able to adapt uh, you know and and being willing to learn new things and being flexible uh, but i can definitely relate to the people side of things it's extremely and, difficult
1: and just going back to, to that comment and the fact that you had this crazy position when you were 21 one thing i realized is everybody has imposter syndrome right like it turns out that nobody really knows what they're doing is what I've learned. It's just people have varying degrees of confidence and um, and have the right people in their corner to help them through these tough scenarios and questions that they have. Um, so, I mean, I lean really heavily on my advisors and our lawyers and accountants, and I, I email them all the time, hey, this is a really dumb question, but can you... <laughs> This and they say, it's not a dumb question. You're not an accountant. You shouldn't, this shouldn't be honest to you. So, so I think it really does come back to uh, making sure that you have great people in your corner.
0: Yes. And that's one of the things that really helped me is I had a great leader who, again, gave me that flexibility and that and was very, very lenient and understood that there's a lot of things that I didn't know and I didn't understand. And he was like, hey, it's OK. Ask questions. I know you're going to mess up, but I'm here for you when you mess up. But just don't make the same mistake three times. He was <laughs> like, you could do it twice. But three times is uh, you're a little bit pushing it there. So, again, leadership is important. I actually podcasted about that recently, the importance of leadership. And I mentioned you in that podcast. Um <laughs> Speaking of leadership, um, in your opinion, uh, what does it mean to be a CEO?
1: Depends on the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it means steering the ship, but also being part of the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel really strongly about that, especially because you know, it was just me for a long time, and then it was just two of us. And I have held every single position at the company. So, you know, there is a phrase that you hear in entrepreneurship a lot, which is, you know, find ways to work on your business instead of working in your business. And that's really hard for me um, because I was the one planning all of the trips and, you know, on call twenty four seven and ordering the printer paper and doing everything. Um, it's, it is hard for me to step back, but what I learned during the pandemic, um, when, you know, we did have to contract and we were canceling trips and it was an all hands on deck effort. I was so grateful that I knew how to do every single thing in the business. And so for me, being a CEO is seeing the big picture But understanding all of the small pieces that go into it and not losing sight of all of those little pieces, because there are real people doing each of those pieces. And so you can't just think about only the big picture, you have to remember everything that goes into it.
0: You know, that's such a powerful statement because I remember when I had first started, you know, just in teaching and management, uh, one of the things that my leader made me do is he made me do everything that that the teachers would have to do. And he said, I'm going to make you do it this year. It's going to, he said, it's going to suck. You're not going to enjoy it, but he made me do everything. So he said, and then the next year I realized when I was managing, I would get, I would get asked certain questions or I would make, I have to make a tough decision or I would would have to change a certain protocol. I'm like, you know what? I generally understand how you feel about this. So one, I know how to propose it to you, but two, I also understand what changes I need to make to kind of make it easier for you to kind of accept what you have to go through because you know, a big part of being a leader is having to make tough decisions, not just for yourself but also for your entire team. Um, and the best, some of the best leaders have can honestly say, like, "Hey, I understand what you're going through because I've been there before. I've planned a tough trip. Um, I've gotten great feedback. I've also gotten not so great feedback." Uh, and that, and I think for me, just hearing you say that, it's. I mean, I can clearly, I know person, but I can also see that you know you're an incredible leader. Um, and that kind of feeds into my next question. So, in addition to being a CEO, I'm sure you do many other things. So, what other hats do you wear outside of being the CEO and founder of Pack Up and Go?
1: Oh, well, some days I'm the janitor. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am maybe to a fault happy to step in wherever the company needs help. So, um, you know, some days that means going into the office to pack our surprise envelopes or jumping in to help plan trips or helping with some marketing initiatives, um, or, you know, doing a lot of HR things. It turns out hiring people who live in different States, uh, is really complicated, which I learned (laughs) during the pandemic. Um, so there is not a hat I don't wear is what I will say. Um, but, but I love it. I think that's what keeps things interesting. And I, um, I'm really task motivated. So I find it really satisfying to be able to work on something, check it off a list, and then change gears and, and to a different part of the company and to remember how everything fits together. Um, so I'm wearing a lot of hats. A lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with the many hats that you wear you know, while you're working and even when you're not working, I'm assuming as well, um, where, where is your go-to place for peace? And where do you go to just relax and to recharge and to be re-energized to face another day of running your own company?
1: That's a great question. Um, I am not an expert at work-life balance. I will be the first to admit, um, but I have a dog. I have a three-year-old, very cute dog, and um, no. and I, she, and I both suffer if I do not take her for a very long walk at least. <laughs> Um, So I try to start my day with taking her on a, a 30 or 45 minute walk before I get ready for the day. And then after work, I do also, and I don't bring headphones. I don't bring my phone. I don't listen to anything. I don't call anyone. Um, it is just silent time. I feel like so much during the day I am glued to a screen. I'm always typing. I'm, I'm constantly in communication or anticipating communication. And it's so nice uh, for those long walks to just be on a walk with my dog <laughs> and to <laughs> to physically move my body and get out of my chair. Um, but I I am guilty of letting those habits slip when things do get busy. And so a couple years ago, I realized, you know, I'm not carving out time for myself. I need to, I need to find peace. I need to have something going on in my life other than pack up and go. And I need something where I physically cannot be checking my email or planning trips or, or whatever. And so I did two things. The first was I started taking pottery classes. So I thought, all right, if my hands are covered in clay, I'm not checking my phone. <laughs> 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 that worked really well uh, until I realized I'm not that good at pottery and I'm running <laughs> out of excuses to use these months. Um, but the, the second was I actually, I, I signed up for a, to run a full marathon <laughs> and, mm. and I was not a big runner, but I needed the discipline and I needed to I I can't check my email while I'm running. And I know that endorphins impact me a lot, which is why I love going on long walks. But I needed this was right before the pandemic when we were in a big sprint. Work was really, really busy. And and I said, I need to commit myself to carving out these hours per week. Um, And even if that means that I'm putting myself through running a marathon, which was never a goal of mine, uh, so be it. So now I'm trying to find the less intense versions of signing up.
0: (laughs) No, that, that absolutely makes sense. I know I was really, I used to wrestle in high school and I tried to get back into it uh, as an adult while doing other things. And I was like, you know what? Get, getting hit in the head isn't really great when you have to go speak <laughs> an hour later. You should probably find something else to do, Crowd, And on top of that, it hurts. Um, so, uh, I definitely, definitely understand that. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate at... Bye, spe- bah What else do you hope to accomplish with Pack Up and Go? And then the second part of that question is, what do you hope to accomplish individually outside of Pack Up and Go professionally?
1: Hmm. I'm going to answer the second part of that first, because this was something that I really had to confront during the pandemic um, when it became a very real possibility that the company was not going to survive. And I realized because I'd started the company when I was so young, that so much of my personal worth almost. And, and so much of my identity was wrapped up in this company. And when something like a global pandemic happened, and you work in the travel industry, that's out of your control, right? Like there was nothing that I could have done um, differently in the early stages. And, and I knew that logically, but emotionally, it was really, really hard for me. And for the first nine months of the pandemic, really until I honestly, for almost a year, it was, it was very tenuous um, and, and very day to day, and so during that time, I did a lot of work to unravel myself from the company and to create space um, between my personal identity and the identity of the company. And in that, I thought, okay, well, if Pack Up and Go fails, then what? What would I want to do next? And and I was lucky to have a few friends who were starting businesses reach out to me and ask for advice and ask for my input. And I realized that I found it really, really energizing. And a lot of skills that I thought weren't that transferable were. I, it turns out I did know how to register a business and, you know, mm. make a business plan and get a company off the ground. And, um, and I was able to share that with people. So I actually started doing some business coaching during the pandemic. So I work with a women business center, which is um, through the SBA. And I work with one here in Pittsburgh uh, to help people who have a business idea and they don't know where to start. So I teach a class called "Concept to Launch to just walk them through those basic steps of, you know, these are the types of insurance that you'll probably need for your company. And here is how to open a business bank account and and to go through the nitty gritty of those early days. And I have found it so rewarding um, because I know how meaningful it's been for me to start my own company. And, um, and so I'm happy to share that. So that, that's been something that I'm really excited about continuing to accomplish outside of Packabingo, um, inside of Bingo. Oh, it feels like the sky's the limit. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really excited to, um, to just continue to build the brand and grow as a leader and, and to be the number one surprise travel agency in the US. And there are a lot of opportunities for expansion. um, So I think you just have to stay tuned for that.
0: Ooh, a pack up and go around the world. Wait, maybe that was too big of a leap. Um, (laughs) Wait, no, it's not actually anything's possible.
1: Anything's possible. (laughs)
0: How would you, um, I do have two other kind of big ticket questions and I want to I want to jump into a rapid fire question session that someone who actually can't join the live broadcast, most people will listen to the post-production, but she wanted me to ask you these questions. Um, she also is starting her own company uh, and she found out, she saw that I was talking to you and she's like, hey, I have so many questions, can you just ask her these? I want to see how she responds. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but before I get into that, uh, how would you describe your team, right? So you work with an amazing team at Pack Up and Go. Um, how would you describe the team that, you know, you've put together? And uh, was it the team you've always imagined you had? Have they exceeded expectations? Uh, how would you describe your Pack Up and Go team?
1: Oh, they're the best. I love my team. Um, I I think that we are a really great team because most people on the team do not come from a traditional travel agency background. I don't come from a traditional travel agency background. And I was able to, to learn the ropes. And what I want in members of my team are people who are passionate about what they're doing and excited to learn and have that all hands on deck attitude. And um, and so it's great. We have some members of the team who worked at hotels or others who worked for tour operators. Um, a couple people have dabbled in the travel planning side of things. Um, but what I really want is, is a really supportive team that is full of empaths with a can do attitude (laughs) and um, (laughs) and I think that we have achieved that which feels really nice we're all remote now so there's 22 of us and we're all around the country um so we're finding ways to you know connect virtually I know we all are on our our computers all day but um but I'm I'm pretty proud of it I, I think we do a nice job of um of connecting without you know beating ourselves over the head with becoming best friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I love my team. I, I feel really grateful to have them and to be able to trust that the company is in great hands. You know, I, I can't be on call 24 seven. It's just not possible. Um, and it's really nice to know that the people who are on call, you know, on a rotating basis, um, have it on lock and, and that all of our travel planners do understand how the work that they do impacts our travelers and other members of the team. So I think it, I think we have a great dynamic right now.
0: Are you where you thought you'd be five years ago?
1: Hmm, That's an excellent question. I don't think I knew where I would be. I don't think I had a clear vision. Um, I didn't think the team would ever be this big. I, at five years ago, I thought it might grow to be five people. Um, so it definitely is, is bigger. Um, I don't know where, if, where I thought I would be to be honest, but I'm happy Mm -hmm. with where I am.
0: And I guess my follow-up question would be, um, you know, with, with every company, with every venture, with every hobby or school or whatever, um, you have success, failure, success, failure. And then, you know, once you have a little bit of success or even a lot of bit of success, um, and you're, you're just kind of, going through the motions day in and day out, working on getting better and better. Um, How do you, or how are you going about planning for your next five years, right? So five years from now, not just with Pack Up and Go, but again, as a professional and and as an individual, how are you planning or what are you doing to help you plan for the next five years? Since now it's not just, you know, you planning for yourself, you're planning for, you know, an entire team and your entire vision, uh, you know, as, you know, a business owner.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, One thing that I have realized over the last five years, um, as somebody who does not have a tech background whatsoever, is that technology is amazing. (laughs) 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 We can build things to make our lives way easier. Um, And so now my big question is, how can we leverage technology to make all of our lives easier and to make our team's experience better and our travelers experience better without ever losing the human touch. Um, that's really what I see as the next frontier for us uh, to help us grow without burning out, without constantly playing catch up. Um, I think that is really the key to success. And um, and so much I've learned of the travel industry is that a lot of things are really manual. Um, and so if there are ways I don't love this phrase, but how can we work smarter, not harder, <laughs> uh, and and continue to grow and evolve as a company that way um, is really exciting. We're still bootstrapped, so we still don't have any outside capital. So one thing I'm always aware of is that we need to be bringing in more money than we're spending so that we have the room to invest in technology and to improve our processes. So um, so always keeping an eye on, on the bottom line, but making sure that we have a a growth trajectory.
0: Okay, so now this is the question session where um, I also tutor and mentor um, youth from Chicago. I'm in high school. Uh, it's about, what is it, 15 women and nine young men. And uh, some of the women and men, they sent in some, uh, some questions for you. Uh, so again, some of them a little bit quirky, but I'm going to ask them because they're going to ask me why I didn't ask their questions. It's not that many, I promise. It's like six or seven. Uh, the first question um, How often do you laugh
1: a day? Oh. Oh, I mean, I definitely laugh every day. Uh, it helps having a really silly dog. Um, <laughs> I oh, I've never counted, but I definitely <laughs> laugh every day.
0: <laughs> if you could be any other position in your company other than the CEO, what position would that be, and why? Mm. Oh, I got me off guard too. That was a good question.
1: <laughs> I would be a travel planner. I love I love planning the trips. I love the logistics of it. I love reading the trip surveys.
0: Oh, okay. So, oh, someone says your story is very inspiring, someone who's listening live.
1: Um,
0: if you, if oh, if I wanted to travel somewhere for rest and relaxation, what is the first place that comes to your mind?
1: In the U.S. or abroad?
0: Yeah. Uh, in the U.S.,
1: sorry. In the U.S. Um, well, I think anywhere could be relaxing and rejuvenating. It depends what, what uh, reinvigorates you. For me, it would be going to a small city like maybe Savannah, Georgia, or Portland, Maine, Um, I find it really relaxing to walk around and and see small shops and take in some scenery. I am not, I'm really, really pale. I'm not a sit on the beach uh, all day, every day kind of girl. That's not what's relaxing to me. But if that was your thing, then I would say probably somewhere in Florida or San Diego. Hmm.
0: What is a weakness about yourself that you realize as a part of owning a business that you've worked really hard to make a strength?
1: Oh, my empathy, I, I, oh my gosh. I think it's a strength a lot of the times, but sometimes it, it goes a little bit too far and it makes it really, really hard to take um, feedback from travelers, from members of the team. Um, it It's really, really difficult for me to receive um, negative feedback from travelers still. I still take it personally. So um, that's something I'm working on. I think a lot of times it is a strength because it does mean that um I've tried to instill an attitude of of remembering that even though we are planning, you know, hundreds of trips a month, each of our travelers only has one experience. And Mm -hmm. so we have to remember that this is a big emotional and financial time investment for them. Um, So I think (laughs) empathy goes a long way, but sometimes it can be a, a challenge.
0: What is something about the Pack Up and Go travel experience that a lot of people, travelers specifically, don't know but should be aware of before taking a trip?
1: Oh, I think a lot of people um, assume that the best part of their experience with us will be the surprise element. Um, mm-hmm. And then when something happens, like their flight is canceled or they have questions during their trip, uh, they're sort of surprised again by our customer service. Uh, we have a traveler support team that's 24-7 in-house. And I like to say that people come for the surprise but stay for the service. I think uh, that is... is is. Really what helps us get a lot of repeat travelers and referrals is um, how well we, we treat our travelers. I know that I can't stand being on hold with a, an airline for hours on end. So uh, we'll do that for you while you can go relax and enjoy your vacation. <laughs>
0: um, this one just came in as well. Uh, do you have any or are there any similar surprise travel competitors and how do you differ from them?
1: Um, so we were the first in the U.S., There are a couple internationally, especially in Europe, where it's so easy to take Mm -hmm. a quick weekend trip. In the U.S., there have been a couple that have sprung up since we launched, um, but most of them do international trips. And um, so I think during the pandemic, maybe one or two have pivoted to doing domestic trips as well. But most of them are international. And I believe we are the only ones that do road trips where you can drive to your destination. Um, So I think that's a really fun way to travel, especially during the pandemic when people have varying levels of comfort um, with getting on an airplane.
0: And this question just, thank you. This question just came in as well. Um, can you share a time you had to make a tough decision for the company?
1: Oh God. Yeah. March 13th, 2020. Um, it was hands down the worst day of my life. Um, I would never in a million years wish the experience of laying people off Mm. on anyone. Uh, we were a team of 13 and, um, and when it became really clear that, you know, travel was being impacted, um, I knew that we had to downsize. Um, and so I let three members of the team go and, uh, and the guilt that I still feel about causing people to lose their health insurance at the start of a global health pandemic, um, was awful. Like Truly, truly awful. Um, and explaining that to the rest of the team and trying to find the balance between, um, I, I think I was as open as I could have possibly been in that time. Um, with the the remaining team and addressing people's concerns, which were completely valid and, uh, you know, trying to be as honest and open about our financial situation on an ongoing basis. Um, that was really hard. And then a few months later over the summer um, I had to do salary cuts for the remaining team. Um, and that was awful as well. <laughs> yeah. Delivering bad news sucks, especially when you've just had, years and years of continuous good news and growth. Um, it, it was, it was really hard. So yeah, hopefully nobody will ever have to go through that. Who's listening. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and how many hours a day do you sleep?
1: Oh, I need eight hours of sleep. If I, oh man, yeah, you do not see me without eight hours of sleep. So I, I'm a professional sleeper. I'm really, I'm disciplined about it.
0: Like we are twins in that regard. I need to, I, and I'm the king of falling asleep anywhere. It doesn't matter when or where. I can lay my head on the pillow and get that, get that eight hours in. Um, <laughs> uh, and the, in the, in the last question would be, um, what is the best thing that you've ever done in your life to this point? That was very broad. For, for that.
1: Probably starting a surprise travel agency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Like it's such a roller coaster, but at the end of the day, if I look back and think about it, it's pretty freaking awesome. Like I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to build a team. Um, I'm really proud that we support so many small businesses around the country. I'm proud that we've introduced people to traveling. I'm proud that we are, changing the mindset of people to make them see that there are amazing cities in the u.s um, and it's just it's just a fun thing to get to do every day so i feel really lucky about that
0: yeah and honestly uh just i'm um, just from my perspective i know when i came back from living abroad because of the pandemic it was like man i don't want to go back to being in my you know being in chicago all the time and everything's the same and then you know i'll, so I'll pack up and go, and i'm like you know what I can literally just pack up, man. I'm doing it again. I always, people always get mad at me when I do this. I can literally just pack up and go anywhere. And there's so much more to see in so many places that are I've, I've, that are undiscovered by myself. And look at me thinking I know everything because I went to a couple countries. Like, there's so much in the U.S. to see and so much to experience. And one of the best things to do when you don't know what to do or don't know where to go and you're having a hard time and you you know you're just stressed out and you want to take a trip. It's to plan a surprise. Have someone plan a surprise trip for you, and then figure everything else out when you get there. I mean, they're, they're just it's, there's such an element of freedom that comes with allowing someone else to control your destiny and giving them that trust. Now, pack up and go has amazing reviews, guys. So don't just don't just think that I'm flowering it up. Like it is actually an amazing company. Uh, so definitely check it out. And hey, you also have a chance to pack up and go. <laughs> I, I didn't do a good job at ending that one. I'm going to try one more time, but not right now. So this is the part of the podcast, Lillian. Uh, do you have any questions for me or anything else that you would like to mention um, about the company uh, and, and, or just anything else that you'd like to share in general?
1: Um, I'm still stuck on the first question you asked me, which was the best surprise you've ever received. What is the best surprise you've ever received?
0: Oh man, um, ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, I going to hurt some people's feelings with this, but um, it was my twenty fifth birthday. Um, it was actually at a point where uh, I had a I had a national travel company, but I was also managing and directing at a school, and I was so tired of making decisions. I was like, my whole the every day of my life is filled with. If I'm in the classroom teaching children. I'm making decisions, or I'm you know I'm re- rearranging the staff, hiring all that stuff. Uh, and I was like, I just want to have a birthday where I don't plan anything. I And this is funny. I just show up and my best friends tell me where to go. And I had two best friends at the time, Patrick and Steven. Um, and they said, OK, we're going to plan everything. You're just going to wake up. And man, this is weird. Man, this <laughs> is, is this a surprise <laughs> vacation? It actually is. I'm not going to. I did not do this on purpose. Literally. This is a true story. But yeah, and they literally planned everything for me. We went to Hong Kong and they knew I love seafood. So I had the best crab I've ever tasted in my life. Don't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it was the best crab I've ever had in my life. They know I love uh, Universal Studios, so we went to Universal Studios. They know I like the good beer, so we tried pretty much every beer there was to try in Hong Kong. And it was the most stress-free trip experience I'd ever been on. And I was just abundantly happy because I was just tired of making decisions. And my best friends planned the best... Man, it really was a surprise trip. I promise, Lily. I did not do that on purpose. But that was the best surprise I've had. It was actually a surprise trip. I kind of knew where I was going in advance because we had to work. It was like a weekend trip to Hong Kong. But yeah, that was the best surprise I've ever had. That's
1: amazing. I
0: love it. But thank oh, sorry, there any more questions or anything else?
1: No, that was the big one that was that I was curious about.
0: Thank, well, thank you so much for taking the time. Again, I know it's, it's almost your bedtime. You need your eight hours. But um, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the Black Expat Podcast and sharing your amazing journey uh, to becoming the CEO of Pack Up and Go, um, among many other hats, many other things that you've done and accomplished um, in your career as well. Again, it's a very... Uh, it's a, it's an honor, honestly, just to have you join. And I'm just really excited to share this story, people who I who I work with um, in my larger community, but also with people who are just curious and what Surprise Trouble is and what it could be for them or how, how they can get into starting their own businesses um, and following their dreams as well. So Lillian, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And have a great night. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Thank you so much for Lillian for tuning in. You guys have an amazing night. My name is Carl, the Black Expat.
1: You're out of here. Bye, Lillian.